What's going on, everybody? I am Will the Greatest, and I am your host for the Ace Podcast, where we talk all things art, culture, and entertainment, but mostly pop culture entertainment. And with me, we have my boy returning to the show, Aaron the Great. What's up, everybody? Good to be back. Happy to be here. Ready to talk about some news and shit. And yeah, hyped. Hyped. It's been a good day. It's been a great day. That's good, man. Yeah, how, how have things been going on your end since? Because you were here, what, a couple weeks back, I'd say? It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been half a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been doing good. <laughs> I've been doing good, man. Uh, watching Hannibal with my mom. That show's been a trip. Uh, it's got me down a path watching other, like, murderous kind of content. Watching Zodiac for the first time. Ooh, Which I had that? no idea that Robert Downey Jr. It's good, dude. I'm, like, I'm learning some shit about the Zodiac Killer. Like, this this dude, bold ass, was on a talk show. Like, he called into a talk show in, like, the, the 60s. Mm-hmm. And, they're, like, his, his voice was heard. I'm like, wow, they would never do that shit today to, like, just have a, a live show to to bring out a serial killer. Right. Because they're trying to catch him. I'm like, wow, the 60s, man. Different time. Right. Different time of, time for society. And, yeah, man, watching watching stuff. Uh, playing Rocket League. A lot of Rocket League. <laughs> Go get it today. It's free on it's free on uh, Steam and, and PlayStation. And, yeah, that's, word, that's been my life, word. basically. Hey, that's good, man. I'm How glad about you, man? Uh, me? Um... I'm doing yeah. I'm doing okay. I uh I picked up this new job so this past week has been like orientation. Uh funny enough, I have to plot out some so and send in some videos for them to use on like their marketing and their site. So I'm just like finally all these years of barely doing shit on YouTube are going <laughs> to come to come to use for um scripting that. So I'm going to try and probably finish that when we're done, but it's been it's been okay just plotting that out. Um Things are okay. My social life has leveled out. Um, yeah, things are things are mostly all right on my end. Just looking forward to, you know, working with my people, working with the kids and adults and whatnot, trying to get a steady paycheck going, trying to get my life in order and on the right track and all that. But everything's everything's kind of lo- uh, relaxed right now, which is thank God, because like two weeks ago I was a hot ass mess. <laughs> Damn, son. Yeah. But, I don't think we ever talked about that. But, yeah. What was going on with you? Oh, I was just having some, um, some like, relationship-related stuff. So, kind of relationship, not exactly. I don't know. Shit was, shit was complicated, uh, especially on my end. I was okay. just working through and, and figuring out some stuff and what I needed and what this other person needed and where things were going. Yeah. Um, but th- I've been going through some stuff too. Maybe we can talk after the podcast. For sure, for sure. And there was there was that shit, and then Chadwick Boseman died, uh, so that kind of derailed everything. That did it, yeah. That'll, that'll do it. Yeah. yeah, man. Death of the king. Yeah, but but things are things are going better now. That person, I have uh, things are a little better with us, but we can talk about that off the show, mm-hmm. off the off the record. <laughs> we ever <laughs> um but right. yeah so let's let's dig into these topics we got some marvel news we got some dc news we got some gaming news and then we got so we can talk about some other tv stuff at the end i guess we can just kind of free ball and play it by ear but um awesome. I'll start with the marvel news sound good so the wandavision trailer has dropped did you catch it it was very short but very interesting i did i i've, I've caught it a few times you know had a had a full-on game with it 
It was great. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are your thoughts about it? Because I, th- it, initially, when we first were there for the announcement, I kind of once over it. I'm like, oh, okay, it might be interesting. But when I saw the trail, I'm like, fuck, this looks really weird and really, really good. Like, the production looks great. You know, I'm... Right. No, I thought the same thing. I'm... You know, it's right up my alley, because I tend to like content, comic book otherwise, that tends to be off-the-ball kind of weird stuff, like like Doom mm-hmm. Patrol or, or uh, Umbrella Academy, or just, like, you know, like, right. shit like Sorry to Bother You. So I'm, I'm all for the weird. Right. And the fact that the Marvel Universe is embracing, like, the weirdness of it is really fascinating to me. Um, I, I love the aesthetic of them going through the different decades of sitcoms. I think that's going to be really cool. Definitely, like, probably the the MCU's take on the House of M storyline. Something that caught me kind of off guard was the fact that outside of the scenes where they're clearly recreating TV shows, when it just shows Vision kind of when he was in the sky and then when he goes up to the car, the thing that I noted was it looks like a TV show. Like not, not, not a knock towards TV shows, but like, Mm -hmm. like the new age of TV, like, like, like Amazon right. or Netflix or something kind of gave that aesthetic to me. Which it's like was a like solid, interesting budget behind it. Exactly. I wasn't sure. I thought it was going to still look like the films, but the fact that it is still these MCU characters in a TV format, I think is really cool. And I'm excited yeah. to see what they're going to do. And I, I was a little surprised that it was actually still going to come out this year. Because I thought with with Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out and that being a show that was intended to come out first or have already come out, mm-hmm. I was not expecting WandaVision to, to still be on the slate. But lo and behold, here we are. Yeah, that uh, yeah. I, w- I was thoroughly impressed because it was definitely on, I would argue, the, the lower end of uh, my, my scale of interest for the shows. But then after watching the trailer, um, I'd say probably my favorite parts were seeing them in the like classic comic looks quote-unquote and i know a lot of people would, yeah would, I, I do like when marvel makes nods and allusions and references to those because i'm because it, it makes me laugh because then you see the the like modern sleeker kind of over designed aesthetics and i'm just like you are highly under the impression that i would have an issue with them just walking around looking like that i really wouldn't like you can make <laughs> mostly maybe because I, I like to do cosplay. So I've seen some really creative cosplays um, that turn the comic books into something realistic without having it be like super high budget or crazy high designed. So I'm just like, no, right. I would th- I would be perfectly fine with like vision having that corny bright yellow cape instead of the the more mustard color that he has and his face being like a bright tomato reddish pink rather than the more muted right. color that he has. And, and Wanda having the um, the headpiece. Honestly, that's the only thing she's missing from her outfit. Her outfits, for the most part, are fine. But she like, looks... Just give her the thing. Just give her the thing on her head. It's perfect. It looks so good. They look yeah. so good. It looks great. The, the, the funny thing is, I think that they, sh- they do things like that in the MCU, like how they showed Captain America's OG outfit, mm-hmm. like in the first Avenger, and how they showed... Wanda and Envision's OG outfits. I feel like it was both homage and poking fun at it. But yeah, because Luke Cage thought, did it too. It was an interesting line. Luke Cage, yes, that's right. Luke Cage did do it. I thought it was really, really kind of cool. 
I think that Wanda straight up just looks cool. Like there's no there's no teasing there. That looks awesome. Like I want her to wear that all the time. Yeah. Uh, was was Vision was a little goofy with his uh with his hoodie kind of surrounding his face yeah. kind of thing he had going. Yeah, and it's like tied but around. definitely his, a good version. Yeah, it's tied around his neck. I, yeah. I'm assuming that's supposed to be like a hollow. They're supposed to be Halloween costumes for what looked like the yeah the 80s ish. It's like the 70s or 80s kind of aesthetic because we got we got like a. 40s and 51 with like I am I love Lucy Dick Van Dyke black and white one we got a little bit more I don't Brady Bunch style one I think if memory serves and I think there was an 80s ish aesthetic too I've only seen a little bit of the show but you know what it kind of reminded me of when it showed them in the Halloween costumes kind of reminded me of um what's that one show the Goldbergs I guess uh, oh oh like, yeah and that's set in the 80s so yeah, I kind of had that kind of, that kind of TV look to it. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really interesting. Looked like a very ABC kind of kind of show. And yeah, man, I think it's really cool. I'm really curious to see how they're going to play into this in the future. Like mm-hmm. how does this tie into the films, you know, where where is Wanda at this point in time? Is Vision actually alive? Yeah. What what is is this going to smoothly transition into multi into multiverse of madness. That's what I'm is wondering. Strange going to show up in this show because that that's a pretty big gap what? in a uh, production between this. Not well, yeah, in production between this and multiverse of madness. Um, also, what I think is interesting is the split second that we get of Monica Rambeau, played by Tayana Yes. Yeah. That got me gassed up because I wasn't sure. I'm like black woman. Wait a minute, because I know Monica's going to be in the show too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm checking Tayana's page right now, and it's just right there. It's that one still. Uh, I'm like, so I'm also curious how, because I think she's an agent of Sword. So the role that Sword's gonna play and the role that Monica's gonna play, and kind of going off what you're saying about it, seeming like the the plot line seems like a loose adaptation of House of M almost, but more centered around Vision. If they're gonna use that to do more comic booky shit so like let's say the uh, or even if they're gonna have multiple seasons is another thing but uh let's say this is just like a, a one-off season what they're gonna do with it are they gonna give us captain marvel monica which i would love because i am a, i'm a monica stan um and are they gonna use this to as a almost in reference to house of m and use it to bring in mutants because this is this is a really good opportunity to do it this and or multiverse of madness um just to get whatever reality breaking shit um but i know feige has his master plan up his sleeve but i'm very curious with how how big the scope is going to be centered on this if it's going to be um focused purely on wanda envision or if it's going to expand a little bit bigger into the the larger marvel universe yeah no these are these are great questions you know and i I hope it expands further into the marvel universe i think Mm -hmm. that'd be really really smart you know yeah um yeah um i'm excited for these these new endeavors into into the mcu you know right everything we got going forward i like i like the marvels really taking those kind of those new risks into different genres and different 
exposure to to more characters mm-hmm. that we may not have gotten um, otherwise. Yeah, especially especially the more weird characters that we got going coming forward. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know. You have any other thoughts before we move on to the next piece of Marvel news? The next, the next uh, one is short. The set, the yeah. one after is inter- I think the more interesting of them. Yeah, I I think I'm good. I think I'm ready to move. Okay, so the short piece of news is that essentially it seems like the slate's been pushed back for Marvel movies by about a year. It's looking like Black Widow got pushed to May 2021, and uh, Eternals got moved to November 2021. So just like they slid everything, uh, which is interesting, I guess, for how the TV shows are going to release because I know we know that Falcon and Winter Soldier is back in production so they can wrap that up and I'm assuming we're getting WandaVision I'm going to say December because we got Mandalorian coming in October that's about what 8-10 episodes on a weekly basis so by the time that wraps up will be a perfect time probably like Christmas time they'll drop it that makes sense um yeah, it'll probably be one of those shows that starts starts this year, bleeds into the next year. Yeah, and so I kind of... Did you have any thoughts about the slate being pushed back? It doesn't bother me. It makes sense. that Those movies are done, uh, is the thing. I think right. Marvel... I, mean, sh- I think they looked at the reception I mean, of... Sh- I think they lo- are moving away from the reception of Mulan, because like, it made its money back, but... Eh. Yeah, they ain't going to do that again. Mulan was no. definitely an experiment for them. Um, yeah. I'm not mad at it. You know, we waited this long without a Marvel movie. What's a, what's a few more months, you know? I, I'm sure that uh, Black Widow is going to be great, you know, looking forward to Eternals. It's just like, they're, they're, mm-hmm. I saw something earlier today that made me realize this is the first movie and this is the first year since the MCU has started. No, this is the first year since 2009 that we have not gotten a Marvel movie. Yeah, which is crazy. That yeah, a, a decade, so a, st- a straight decade of consistency. Yeah, they've been, they've been consistent. Um, yeah. I, oh yeah, I almost forgot that Hellstrom show is is coming to Hulu too. But yeah, um, not a big. Oh, everybody did. Yeah, right. <laughs> Apparently, I hear it looks good. Um, I'll watch the trailer eventually. But I'm I'm not. They're not even marketing it as a Marvel show. There's no the Marvel really? logo is nowhere to be seen on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. It's a Marvel show, but I, I don't know that that was such a weird one that got greenlit. It was like out the fucking blue. I'm like, who cares about Damien Hellstrom? What? Right. Like you, you'd like, be better why? off doing like an Elsa Bloodstone series at that. The fuck? Like I want my Patton Oswalt Modoc series. Like give me yeah. that before. Before. <laughs> yeah. Give me that. Man. Give me. Give me the Howard the Duck one. Give me those animated shows yes. you're talking about. Yeah. DC needs their equivalent to the Harley Quinn show. I really think they do. Oh, you mean Marvel does? Yeah, and I feel like Howard. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm, I meant. Yeah, Howard. The oh, Dark a thousand percent. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be as raunchy, but you can still be as fucking weird, like and and experimental. Exactly. No, I want I want Howard the Duck to be cussing people out. I mean, I'm okay with that. You, you I think me... Seth Green is a, a good pick. <laughs> have him go on yeah. like space adventures but anyways the, um aside from the the movie stuff the bigger news is that tatiana maslany of orphan black fame has been cast as jennifer walters aka she-hulk for the she-hulk solo series 
And that's honestly that's cool. Uh, she's she's very beautiful, very talented. Um, I haven't, sadly, I haven't seen enough of her acting to comment on it. But given the the nature of the show Orphan Black and what it requires of her as an actress, I think she's a very strong pick. Like the the only other actor, like I know as an actor, you're supposed to be able to like distinguish between characters regardless of who you're, who you're playing but I still think that it does come to an actor's strength to play someone that looks exactly like you like her uh, the actress from iZombie I think did a really good job especially for just like a network TV show another example would be um, who's my boy in Split James McAvoy oh, um, wait the girl from iZombie did multiple roles yeah, well, okay. So the in the premise of the show, she would when she would eat people's brains, she would take on their personalities. So oh. her care her personality would have to change every episode. And she's doing this for like four or five seasons of them like creating. Oh, damn. So that means you have to like you have your own independent character and then you have to do your character with these habits, personality traits and attributes of whoever this individual is, no matter how like some of them are kind of broad it's like oh this is a yoga chick oh this is a theater chick oh this is a dominatrix like sure they can be archetypes but it's still you know kind of testing your ability as an actor to be able to convey that to other people to be like oh shit she like ate the brain of a lawyer or a cheerleader or whatever the fuck so and so Tatiana Maslany kind of has the seriouser version of that with Orphan Black with like her and all these copies and doppelgangers and twins and shit so I'm just like that that still takes skill. Let's let's not, you know, not give credit where credit is due. So it, it makes me intrigued. And also apparently people are, are worried about um the actual She Hulk part. Like we don't have technology to make her look fucking huge. I, right. I yeah, we don't have that yet. Maybe she's probably gonna be all CG, I imagine. Right yeah, kinda like Hulk was, and that's completely fine i'm cool with big green tatiana maslany i'm also cool with small chill as hell tatiana maslany i think for me <laughs> i think for me it's more of a thing of like what what kind of tone is the show gonna have because i show know gonna set yeah because she I know breaks the fourth wall in the comics yeah, she's she's really at least in the older one she was cool as fuck. I I've, I've read a little of her more recent run when it was more dark and serious and it was okay, but I, I was more curious about like fun Jen Walters. She seems like a really fun character to do stuff with. Yeah, I hope they they decide to go that route with her, kind of give like the the contrast to the Hulk. Right. Uh, I haven't seen much of the actress's work. I've never seen Orphan Black. Uh, I've seen her. She was in a few episodes of of uh, what's the show? I used to watch Parks and Rec. She's in Parks and she Rec was in Parks playing and Rec? a doctor. She was? Yeah, she's the Parks and Rec. Bro. Oh, shit. So she's I have, the one. Okay, so I have seen her before. She was the girl dating um, uh, Aziz Ansari's character, the doctor. Oh, my God. Do you remember God. this? I'm, I'm blanking so hard. I, I, I believe you. I'm just like, it's been so long to that. She's like the Doctors Without Borders character. Okay. Okay, I'd I'd have to like go back and look, but I like I've seen the show, so it means I have seen her act before. <laughs> Which oh, I, for sure. Yeah, she's she's cool. But what were you saying? Sorry, that that just kind of like caught me off guard. Like, oh shit! Right, shoot you out, right? 
Yeah, that's yeah. It's literally the only thing I've seen her in. I didn't know that until I watched a video like saying that she was on that show, and I was like, oh, I remember her. I thought she was cute. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. I don't know much of her work, but you know, I'm sure she's gonna kill it. Right. I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure she'll do great. Um. She. She was definitely like a, a pick that I wouldn't expect. Expected. Like my personal pick would have been a uh, Gina Torres from a Firefly Flame Gina. fame because <laughs> she's like I don't think I know Gina Torres she's like it's uh she's Lawrence Fishburne's wife she's also like six feet tall <laughs> <laughs> you know who got the biggest slap in the face who Allison Brie because the casting call was like we're looking for an Allison Brie type oh yeah and Allison Brie was like hello did you see the, the <laughs> photoshops of Allison Brie too because Allison Brie would have been a great pick too I think she would have been great, yeah. But I think she got she had a lot of stuff going on in her plate. So I don't know if yeah. I think it would have been like a, a scheduling thing, right? So, yeah, Tatiana Maslany was definitely the pick that I I don't think anyone expected, but they're like, oh, yeah, she can act. She's good. <laughs> like no one was upset about it. Really, it was like, oh, okay. That's all Marvel. Yeah, the does. people who don't know were like, who? Yeah, the people who don't know were like, who? And the people that do know were like, hell yeah. So I'm like, okay, right. like. I'm not super excited about it, but I'm not like mad about it either. So I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah, I'm, we'll see. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised and very open minded. I'm I'm sure she'll do at, at least fine. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm, yeah. Like the the role is in fine hands. It's like it it was like when the news dropped that uh the rumors came out because you weren't here last week when Luke and I talked about it, but about Jonathan Majors allegedly being cast as King the Conqueror, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, he's a very talented actor. What made you pick him? <laughs> he's like the, right. man, the man can act his ass off. It's just like I'm not gonna lie. When you think Kang the Conqueror, Jonathan Majors isn't like the first face that comes to mind. I don't know no. who he is. But you know, and like he wasn't exactly the first. You know, and as good, okay, listen, listen, listen. I, I wasn't here last week, so I want to talk about this a little bit. Like Go I, ahead. I've seen him. He's in Last Black Man in San Francisco. He was in The Five Bloods. He was, a, he was he's good, good in, in this Bloods. show. He's good. He's good in Lovecraft Country. He's a good I, actor. He's a talented actor. I think. Actor. I think he's a great actor. I think he's talented, and I have no doubt that he can do it. That being said, this nigga got a weird ass face. <laughs> okay. So and I don't know if I could see him in a purple. <laughs> I need to, I need to send you this. I need to send you the Photoshop I've seen because I've seen shops of it. And it's still... So... And you've, you've seen, like, the first three episodes of Lovecraft Country. This is, like, a minor detour just related to Jonathan Majors. They love... Yeah. It, not even just that because this is in Defy Bloods, too. They love showing this man naked. And every time it happens in the show, <laughs> it, it is at least... They do, once though. an episode, including the most... I know you're behind on Lovecraft Country. It happens in the newest one in episode six. Every episode. Of course. Because, like, the costume design on that show was great. And, you know, but they always have ass shots of Letty and ab shots of Jonathan Majors. Because, and now this is this is going to sound rude, and I don't want to sound rude, because Jonathan Majors is incredibly talented. His body is insane. He has an incredible body. I did not expect his body to go with his face. That face. <laughs> Right, right. Because, it, and here I love my people. I love our features. I I love what makes us black is also what makes us beautiful. 
I would not change mm-hmm. it. I will not complain about it. The man has a very noticeable nose. Mm-hmm. And, He's and a very noticeable nose. And very breathable nostrils. And every time <laughs> he takes his shirt off, I say, God He's damn. He's taking deep breaths. <laughs> yes. He can breathe very strongly. He can hold his breath for a long time underwater, as you will see. Um, but every time this man gets shirtless in any role, my immediate words are, God damn, why is he so big? <laughs> this nigga is just ripped for no reason other than... For no goddamn reason. Nobody asked you to be that big. Right, because it happens in, like, every episode of Lovecraft Country. If you stay to the credits of Defy Bloods, it happens in Defy Bloods. Because they're, like, playing in the river, and everyone has their clothes on, except for this nigga. (laughs) Where his daddy's, like, holding his arm behind his back and teasing him, and here he is with his abs and titties popping everywhere, and I'm just like, "Why why is he so fucking big, yo? Like, like again, right. talented actor. Don't make no damn sense. Handsome man, great body. But when I saw that he was cast as Kang, and I saw one of my Photoshop people Photoshop him as Kang, it did surprise me a little, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> Especially because uh, well, Kang is supposed to be related to... Uh, to Reed Richards. Yeah, Reed Richards. I'm not saying that you can't have white people with black descendants i'm 20 percent white so clearly i am the prime example that it can happen it's just surprising i have no problems with it but it did catch me if if that's who he's gonna be i'm sure he'll do fine but it's like imagine that they do pick jonathan krasinski to play reed richards that's just kind of funny to me (laughs) It's a, yeah, he's adopted, I guess. <laughs> no, it's like, no, man. Somebody in your bloodline was down with the swerve. <laughs> don't, try, don't pull that adoption <laughs> right. bullshit. Like, white people don't fuck black people. Just because Reed Richards wasn't <laughs> fucking a sister doesn't mean that Franklin Richards wasn't fucking a sister. Right. They could have a white-ass <laughs> baby to be hooking up with Luke Cage's daughter or some shit like that. Or Monica Rambeau's baby or something. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? We don't know. Right. <laughs> so it's like, don't. I don't want to stop pulling that adoption shit. Like, oh, because remember in Fantastic, you know, um, Johnny Storm was black and Sue was white. And it's like, oh, she's adopted. Like, nigga, they can. He could just have a white wife. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally pictures. It's okay. Yeah, there's twins that come out where their uh, colors are swapped. But anyway, we're we're going off for a second. I'm sorry. The Jonathan Majors thing thing is just one of those things that's just like, yeah, he could do it. Um, I I would have expected him to be somebody else. (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> Blue Marvel. He would have made Oh shit, wait. Wait. Oh, what if <laughs> Yo, cuz the role isn't confirmed. What if he's uh Adam Brashear? Jonathan Majors as Blue Marvel might actually be a move for Ant-Man 3. Like I don't know Marvel. why they would have him. Uh, he has more to do with antimatter than quantum shit, but damn. Hold up. They might have just did something. I wouldn't be mad at it. 
I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah, Jonathan Majors is blue. Isn't he that supposed movie? to be a little older though? Yeah, but I mean, he, starting out. <laughs> even though starting he, out, even though he's from out. like the fifties and shit, I'm sure they're gonna find a way to modernize him. But, anyways, uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on the Tatiana Maslany stuff? Before we move on to the DC news. Oh, no! I think it's great casting. What we got yeah. cooking in DC? Uh, What's going DC, on in that world? DC is it's it's pretty brief shit. We can go through it. Um, so after six seasons of being on television and jumping between two different networks, Supergirl is finally ending after six seasons. We have gotten confirmation. Woo! Which? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> are you though? I'm not. I'm not offended if you are. are I'm, I, I'm indifferent about Supergirl. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't have love for it. I'm. I'm. I am the. If like, if you looked up. The word indifferent in the dictionary, it would be my opinion on Supergirl. Yeah. That's what come up. It'd just be me, it's just me shrugging the Supergirl. Yeah, I mean, the. the so. Thing. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm like, it's, you know, it's a show. It had its audience. It wasn't for me. You know, it had some cool concepts. Right. Uh, you know, I'll check out her cousin's show. If that, if that doesn't hit, then I guess I'll just give up on Superman until Henry Cavill comes back. Right. Oh, yeah, and th- there is a rumor going around that Cavill's supposed to be coming back for some more projects, which, if true, good for him. But uh, to the Supergirl news, um, honestly, I got I, I actually really like Melissa Benno as the Supergirl. She's not my issue with the show, because uh, I watched the... It's the show itself. Yeah, like, I watched, like, the first two seasons, I want to say, and, and when we were working on the channel, uh, the, the other YouTube channel, um... I did review, I think, the opening of season four, and it just, it never grabbed me. Like, the three the three strongest characters on the Supergirl show, I would say, are Supergirl, um, Superman, and Martian Manhunter. Mm. You know, I always liked her, and I always liked Martian Manhunter and the crossovers, but yeah. it was just something about her show that just, I just didn't compel me to keep watching it. Yeah, it was, it was never her. Melissa Benoist did a very good job as Kara Danvers, and I would like to see her in, like, more crossovers. And I'm I'm curious to see her in more acting roles, because the only thing I've seen her in was uh, Whiplash. Or she was good in that, um, for, for what little role she had. But, um, yeah, for, like, I'd love to see Melissa Benoist return. I just don't have a real strong attachment to Supergirl as a show. Um, and I think it makes sense for them to end it with them bringing Superman and Lois after the fact. So it, it leaves room for Melissa and like Alex and characters in that city, uh, since they're all kind of folded into a uni- uh, one cohesive universe now, thank God, um, it leaves room for them to return. But also, like, I will say, I am, s- I'm slightly surprised that Flash didn't get the boot first. But it only makes sense because they got Superman and Lois coming, so they're like, we gotta get rid of one of these hoes in this house, Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and it will be. <laughs> it's like, and I pick you, the blonde, because uh, I mean, Supergirl's. It it I feel like you're just never gonna get the same effect as having a Superman show, uh, just because of the history of the character. But I give I give credit where credit is due. That you know, Melissa Benoist, in a sense, did make Supergirl become more of a household name. Um, she she brought up she brought a lot to that character. So, I mean, hopefully they give her a good send-off. Maybe I'll tune in for the finale of the show. Because I... The 
the, it's good that the lead is one of the strongest things of the show. It just sucks that so much of the other show isn't as strong. That's just, it just sucks. You hate to see it. Yeah, you know, hopefully they, ha- yeah, hopefully they have a good ending. I feel like if they are having that prep time to do it now, I feel like they are going to do it in a way that leads into the Superman Lois show. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, it'd be good to kind of do it as like a transitionary thing. I'm wondering, uh, I guess I'm wondering what the timetable is on the rest of the show, because we still have, even with Supergirl out, and not even counting Superman and Lois, uh, which I, I, I'm fascinated to see what the hell they're going to do with that. We still have The Flash, Legend of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, and Stargirl. Um, which is going to be a, right. A, Stargirl's a so we still we still have four of the, oh and Batwoman we have five other CW shows so we have, and, and now if you're including two Mandalos we have six CW shows still there so they're not really losing much like Arrow ended this year and now Supergirl is ending as well at the tail end still got six shows on the channel like Arrow ended and Stargirl started. Oh. Supergirl ended. Superman how, how is starting. How long do you think before? How long do you think before Flash ends? Uh, they're about to be in season seven, aren't they? Season I think seven. so. Season seven, or you know, because Arrow had season eight. Aren't yeah. they about to be in season six? They've been going on. They've been going on for a long. Yeah, long Fl- time. Flash started about two years after Arrow, so I'd say Flash is either. I think they are on season season six or seven. One of them. So it might. I think, yeah, they just finished season six, and you're gonna go into seven. Okay. Um, Flash might cap at eight. I'd say if 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 Arrow. Do you think got, next season's this last season? I, I'll give it another season. I'll, I'll say season seven. Well, they they eight. ended because Stephen Amell wanted to end. That's why. That's why they got cut. Oh really? Stephen Amell was done. Oh yeah, Stephen Amell was like, oh. I think I'm ready to move on. So they ended the show. Okay, because I know they tried to do that Black Door pilot with the Black Canary show that didn't get picked up. Um, that was terrible. That's probably the worst episode of that show. I heard. I, I almost went to watch it. I'm like, ah, I'm good. I'm good on that. But um, Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Like that. Um, I mean, who else does Flash have to fight? I don't Himself? even remember. I don't know. Fight reverse Flash again. See what that's like. <laughs> go go fight him. Actually, it'd be funny if they brought in all the uh, reverse beats. You know, you know who they should bring in that they haven't brought in yet. Impulse, Bart Allen. Yeah, bring him in. Do something. Because the, like they they Tiny, brought in they put, they did put Flash like a new patrol. Yeah, like they did a sorta version because they did XS his his granddaughter for no his his daughter oh, from right. the future. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, remember who her. came in for his. The, we'll watch this season. A, yeah, season ago, fine as hell, and then all that shit happened, and she's gone now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm wondering like how long till you, because because and we've talked about this before. You got 26 episodes, see 24, 26 episode seasons. You're gonna run out of like people to fight, yo. Yeah, you know, and I feel like they got they're gonna start off to turn to rehash. Yeah. Or like the, I feel like if they really desperate and go for the Hail Mary, they'll they'll figure out some bullshit way to bring back, like they'll do like the trilogy of speedsters. So like Reverse Flash, Zoom, and Savitar all work together. And then like, I was about to say, for a season. 
Yeah, before I brought up the thing about Bart, I'm like, wouldn't it be crazy if they had a season where all the old speedster villains came back? Which, which I think that'd be a good way to end the show, is, like, have all the villains team up and do a proper rogues fight. Um, I don't know how you would do Heat Wave and, and uh, what's it, Captain Cold, since they're kind of good guys now. But everybody else, um, I, I don't think they're dead. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know where they're gonna take oh wait i did i watch the i think i did watch the trailer for the newest season totally forgot to flash is like losing his speed and shit is like oh the, yeah the I, I gotta i forgot i still gotta I finish season seven or season six it's on netflix it's in my it's in my queue yeah so it's like the, the i'll get around to it yeah i won't god bless you for doing it <laughs> yeah kind of go see see how quick we forgot about supergirl Oh yeah, what Super Who? Who is Legend of Tomorrow still going on? Is that show still a thing? I think so. Okay, cool. Yes. I, I like them. The last time I saw them, they were cool. Yeah, I, no matter how good Legend of Tomorrow gets, I'll never get past the uh, the first season because it's so bad. Like the first four episodes. First season's bad, but Constantine. You know, the seasons past. I think season one was okay. Season two was rough. Everything past season two, they're just they full on said fuck it. We just we're not we're not gonna try to be a serious show anymore. We're just gonna go balls to the walls, insane. Yeah. So which I which I really appreciate. It's a very self aware show now. Which yeah. I'm like, thank you for for conforming or or readjusting your your format because it's a weird hodgepodge of a show. Because it's not it's not mm-hmm. based on any comic. It's just something that they decided to do. Right. And time traveling superheroes. And I. I give them credit because when the legend would show up in crossovers, I'm like, "It's nothing wrong with them. They seem they seem cool." Um, I do I do want to watch catch Star Girl at some point because it looks very entertaining. And I I guess I'll give the new Batwoman a chance since she's a, a black woman. And for I love how they were branding it as just like the first black woman to ever pick up the mantle as Batwoman. I'm like, well, yeah, because fucking um. Kate Kane is a redheaded Jewish pale face chick. It kind of makes sense right. that she's never been a black woman. Because she's never been a black woman. <laughs> It'd be different if it was like, you know, the first black girl to play Barbara Gordon. But Right. Like, or like, well, or no. the first the first black Robin or something. Right. Which And we've had, you know, at least one of the, We've had a black Robin. I forget his name. Like Duke Thomas, I think. Is Have we had a black Robin? Yeah, in the comics. Uh, okay, makes sense. Yeah, but I can't. I think we had. I think there was a black Bat Girl and a Bat Girl Beyond. It was like an Earth Two or some shit. But like, yeah, it was like the first black woman to pick up the mantle. I'm like, well, yeah, because Kate Kame's always been a white Jewish chick. I'm not saying there aren't black Jewish women, but specifically black gay redhead Jewish women. I don't. That's a very specific. It's a, it's an extremely it's specific, specific like character okay. attribute, and since he's not playing Kate and is playing a fucking thief, because we don't know how to think about characters when we write them, um, you know, <laughs> I will still give her give her a shot. Um, I'll give it I'll give it a couple episodes, see what they do whenever they get back in production. But anyways, on to the next bit of news. Um, we got some HBO Max news related to DC. So the first is that Peacemaker, ahead of the Suicide Squad movie from James Gunn is getting confirmed with John Cena returning in the role, which 
I, someone made a good point. It does kind of sour the fact by confirming that he probably lives through the movie. Granted, it could be a prequel. We but don't know. I we heard don't. that it's, it's. I heard the 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 article that kind of talked about it. It first came out. Kind of says going to go over the origins of Peacemaker, which okay. makes me kind of think maybe it'll take place before the movie. I'm hoping so because that otherwise that kind of spoils for the fate of his character. Um, and then also Harley right. Quinn. The animated series is getting a season three on HBO Max, which makes me very excited. Which makes Thank me God. Happy. It took them forever to confirm. They didn't even confirm that at DC Fandom. Yeah, like, why, yeah, why couldn't y'all just get that? Did y'all not like, sign all the dots and T's before Fandom went down? Like, what was up with that? Right. It's like, why did that one take so long? It's like, because I, personally, I love Harley Quinn. I started watching season one again uh, this past weekend. Was having a blast. I'm like, oh, damn. Really? Yeah, I'm just like, um, I, had, <laughs> I had my friend over and we were watching. I'm just like, Yo, this shit still kind of holds up. Like, I'd be stopping. I'm like, this shit's still funny. <laughs> now, do you think that that's a show accessible to everybody? Or do you think only people that are semi-familiar with the characters would enjoy it? Um, you would have to be familiar with the character. Uh, I kind of want to talk about more, and I know we've talked about it a little bit in the past of like what we would want out of season three. Um, and I guess like Peacemaker. Um, that's a random pick, I guess, for me. Maybe because, like, I don't know Peacemaker, but I believe Peacemaker is the only one of the Suicide Squad, aside from Harley and a couple other people, that had his own solo series. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's what they talked about at the, um, yeah, at, at the, Fandom. At Fandom. So I guess they have a framework to work with, talking about his origins. I'm... I guess they're really banking on him being a popular character, but I'm assuming that's more because it's John Cena and less because it's fucking Peacemaker. Where are the Peacemaker fans? I think. I think the interesting thing about it is like one. Okay, sure, John Cena, whatever. He's a decent actor. He's he's had his his experience over the years. The interesting right. thing that I took away from this, which I don't know if you ever saw in the article, was that. This is going to be a, like an eight-episode series on HBO Max that James Gunn is writing and directing some of the episodes as well. Oh, I thought he was just producing. I didn't see the full article on it. No, he's he's writing he's writing the entire series, and okay. he's directing the pilot and some other episodes, too. Okay. Which gets me excited about it. Okay. Well, that, that do, okay, that gives me reason to be more interested in the show. I'm wondering if they're going to integrate some of the other actors uh, that they can afford like um, Peter Capaldi or Pete Davidson. Um, I'm not expecting them to get an Idris Elba, maybe a Margot Robbie, uh, but like a tight eight-episode prequel series, it's fine by me. Um, it's a, it, just, it just seems kind of random, I guess, ahead of the movie, which doesn't come out till next August. I mean, so did so did the, the Batman news. I wonder if they're going to start doing that for every every movie that comes out. Well, remember, because we got the trench for uh, Aquaman. Oh, that's right, dude. We got a we got a trench show. That's so weird. Yeah. Why is yeah? Why is that, every movie getting like a spinoff thing? It's only it's only a matter of time for me here with Shazam one come soon. I was about to say I'm like yeah, which I guess uh, what the Children of Lightning or some shit where it follows the kids. Uh, oh wait, right, that, right. The, the, Sh- the Shazamly. Yo, <laughs> that might, hold on. We might be onto something. That might be a cool ass show. Because the uh, the actors that play, <laughs> I'd be um, down for it. Yeah, the actors that play the adult versions aren't expensive. Like the the 
biggest name I saw in that lineup, uh, aside from Zachary was Levi, Megan was Good. probably Megan Good. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you could afford they ain't huge stars. Hey, look, Fox got her for that, um, that Minority Report TV show for its season. So HBO can afford Megan Good. I, I would watch a Shazam. Megan, yeah. Where that set that girl need to make a comeback. Yeah. That, yo, that'd be really dope. I would love to see a Shazam family show. That'd be awesome. The Shazam Lee. Like, they'll have, like, a, a theme song and everything. Right. Cool. And the, the whole premise of the show is them figuring out what to call themselves. <laughs> My... I would not be opposed to that. Yeah, my my vote, because um, this is the same thing they have in the comics, because they can't call him Captain Marvel officially, even though in one issue they had a gravestone that said Captain Marvel. I think they should go with one of his other names, Captain Thunder. Okay, that could be cool. Which I'm like, since you can't Captain call Thunder. him Shazam, like, people can call him. Like, let's, like, people call him, they call themselves, like, Captain Thunder and the Thunderlings or some shit, or, like, Lady Miss Thunder uh, or like Darla Thunder and shit like that, but like people call them Shazam. I think that would work. It's like nah, man, because y'all be shouting them words or like you show up like Shazam. As corny as that sounds, <laughs> like the people know yeah, them as the like Shazamily, but they know one another is like the Thunder Men family. The Thunder Thugs. The, th- the <laughs> Thunder Thugs. Yo. <laughs> Thunder, thunder, thundercat. Ho. Anyways. <laughs> what is this thunder thuggery? Thunder thuggery? <laughs> thunder thuggin'. Uh, straight thunder thuggin'. Straight thunder thuggin'. Now that might be the, that's the name of this episode. But um, with the Harley Quinn Th- news. Thunder thugs. What are you looking for for season three? Uh, me personally, the biggest thing I want is an update in uh character designs um i was cool with it for the first two seasons Mm. i want them to have new outfits okay Um, okay that's that's my first request i mm, i would like them to one not definitively make harley quinn and poison ivy a couple i think there should be like some talk there um, um. Yeah, I like, agree with that. That's natural. Because I think it was, it was a very abrupt thing, you know, and she was still very unsure of who she was and what she wanted at the end of that season. So for them to her to jump straight into the Harley relationship would seem very, not forced, but kind of counterproductive to what they were setting out for her character. Yeah, it it shouldn't be a so, smooth transition. No, it, no, no, it no. shouldn't there's be like okay. Well, I'm with there. you now, and everything's hunky dory. No, like there should there should be different problems with that relationship in comparison to a relationship with Kite Man. Exactly, and they should show like why they shouldn't be together. Because I'm sure Harley Quinn's gonna be like super clingy and everything to mm-hmm. to Poison Ivy, and Poison Ivy is just kind of kind of chilling, wanting to do her her thing. So that should be kind of interesting. Um, I really, really want Harley Quinn to be in the Suicide Squad. I really want Ooh. to see what this universe of Suicide Squad would be like. Yeah, because they be teased really cool. it in season one, but I just want to see them take that into fruition. And for some reason, like her, her crew is also in the Suicide Squad. Like Amanda Waller puts them all on there, but with some other characters too. To I think be, fa- be really cool. actually, Harley's crew on the Suicide Squad would work very well. 
Like, King Shark's already, oh. we've seen him on the squad before. But um, uh-huh. Clayface and Poison Ivy as part of that would be really interesting, like, dynamic additions to, like, their version I of, agree. like, a dead shot or a Captain Boomerang. And I, that's, a, that's a really good idea. Um, oh, yeah. See what, maybe see what this version, this universe's dead shot is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw Captain Boomerang in there. I would love to see that. I think that'd be really cool. I hope they they definitely consider that for the, this upcoming season. I, I'd also want to see more exploration into the the sirens. So getting more of Batgirl and Catwoman and the the four of them having to work together. Yeah, I would love that as well. You know, I feel like they introduced Batwoman or Batgirl and she really at the short end of the stick because mm-hmm. they, they set right. up her character but she didn't really get much to do towards the end of the season especially in the finale right because it was it was basically her origins essentially for the most part yeah yeah exactly curious to see if, if they're going to bring Joker in or if that was his kind of sign off to the whole thing mm-hmm. was ending up with a, a happy life or is he going to finagle his way back into the plot of the show right but uh, yeah, so that's kind of kind of warm out with that. Yeah, um, I think all of those are great ideas. Yeah, and for me, it's just like you know, intro- introduction of new characters, seeing where the plot goes. Um, I'm curious what they're gonna do with Joker, but I'm not. I'm not like crazy if he doesn't. Like you're you're. If they if they don't have Joker in there, if they write him off, I would be totally okay with that too. I don't need yeah. to see what happens to Joker, but. Actually, if they, if they did something, I wouldn't be mad. A dynamic I would love to see from the comics is her interacting with Power Girl. Because they have a really interesting... Like, I'd love to see Harley's interaction with some of the more female superheroes. Because she has a really interesting relationship with Power Girl in the comics. And, Does she really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, they had a whole miniseries where they traveled through... Uh, uh, they fell through a dimensional portal and were transported to another planet and had, like, a whole ass space adventure... Oh what? <laughs> and, I, and I think that seems uh, nutty. yeah, and like Harley was trying to be a superhero, so she she has like a she has a friendship with Power Girl, which is interesting, uh, in comparison to like what her dynamic would probably be like with Wonder Woman. So I think her interacting with other women in the DC universe is also a really interesting place to go. Not even like a female empowerment thing, just in terms of just like writing animated female characters that are heroes and villains. I think you can get a lot of interesting reactions out of interactions out of that. I would like that. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, wow, I had no idea they had a thing. Uh This seems really, really fun. Yeah, she even had her own little superhero outfit with, like, a a butt diamond. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, looking at it now, I'm like, I like that outfit on her. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cute. I kind of, I want... It is cute. Like, James, James Gunn has introduced the perfect Harley Quinn design. I don't know why you wouldn't use that for the TV show. I'm sorry. Is is perfection? It's perfection. It's a Harley stand. It's so That's good. Great. Uh, anyways, uh, want to move on to the gaming news we have, and away from this DC stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about it, but inform me. Give me, give me the skinny. Give me the scoop. So, uh, well, last week we had the whole PS Five event, uh, and I'm sure you saw the conversations around that. It was very fun, very exciting. Um, and I might get your takes on that mm-hmm. in a little bit. But the news this week is actually on the other end, where Microsoft and Xbox purchased 
Bethesda, the gaming company, as well as I think a, a production company called Zenix or Zexon or something, for seven point five billion dollars. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. And Zenimax, Nick has just informed me. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, that shit is insane. Um, there's so Bethesda includes a bunch of companies. We got, uh, I think we got id Software that does Doom. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find the names, but do you are you familiar with Bethesda at all? I am not. No, I know nothing of the subject. So Bethesda has produced a, a lot of different games and gaming franchises. We got like Doom, Wolfenstein, like off the top of my head, Doom, Wolfenstein, Elder Scrolls, Star. It's like Star Bright, um, Evil Within. Okay, so here it is. Zenimax Media is the ones that own Bethesda. So they're they're a subsidiary. Um, Fallout is another one of their big titles. Yeah, so they have they have a lot of very popular and uh, notorious gaming franchises. They've done Terminator games, Pirates of the Caribbean games. They have the Dishonored series. If you know that, uh, Prey. Oh, the new game Ghostwire Tokyo, which I thought looked really interesting from the PS5 event. Um, yeah, so it's it's a lot of pretty big games. Um, and then this whole thing with Zenimax and Zenimax Media, who are kind of the ones that own Bethesda, as well as id Software, who does like Doom and Quake and Rage and stuff like that. They're... Yeah, they're a pretty big company. Um, I don't know how you're feeling about this. I think I think it's actually a W for Microsoft. So I'm um, I'm happy that there is some decent news for Xbox. I think the conversation between Xbox and uh, and PlayStation right now is interesting, mostly because like as someone who is definitely a Sony Master Race dude, like I love my Sony products. I prefer their uh, I play a lot of JRPGs, and since Japan does not like the Xbox, the majority of the games come out either on Nintendo or on PlayStation. So as a result, the predominant of my systems are PlayStation. Um, and since they, they also have very good exclusives, I get a lot of stuff for PlayStation. I don't. I think the only case where I've s- seen something on Xbox that I wanted was Sunset Overdrive, and that eventually went to PC. So... Um, especially after the PS5 conference and we're getting the price and everything. I think it's an interesting bit of news. I think Microsoft kind of needs that because I think there is a lot of hype being generated towards that November date when everything's kind of going up uh, after the election, of all things. Um, So I I think this is good for their marketing. It does make me a little bit nervous only because a couple of these franchises are franchises I like and I would be very very sad if I couldn't play any more Elder Scrolls or uh, Doom in the future if they were console exclusive. Timed exclusive? I'm actually okay with that. Um, And also Xbox has the Game Pass coming too which essentially I think you pay 10 Mm. to $15 a month and you get access to just about any game in the library uh, at or after release which is incredible like PS Plus. That's a great deal. It's an incredible deal. And PS Plus would never. Like, they're giving you a bunch of PS5 games at launch for the system if you have PS Plus. But that's still $40, um, like $40 the year for, like, 
15 games in the catalog. This is like 10, 15 a month for the catalog. And uh, Series X, right. I believe, has like larger uh, discware space because it has a terabyte on the base one as opposed to the um, PS5, which has like 825 gigs, which is fucking it, obs- disrespectful, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, so wait, oh Xbox Series Series X is coming with a gate with a terabyte already, like off uh, the bat. The the X is the S. I don't know. I can't remember the S off the top of my head. I know the X, like the big one, like the the general the the five hundred dollar one comes with a terabyte of base hard drive space without an external. Okay, interesting. So so we have prices confirmed from both both consoles already, right? Yes. Um, and so the Series S, which is like the slim model, I believe is three hundred, but it's also losing a lot of those features. Um, I wish I had it pulled up in front of me. Um, I'll see if I can pull it up. But yeah, I don't know. What what are kind of your thoughts about the the person and everything? I think this is because I was having this conversation with my buddy the other day that um, Xbox is making a lot of good decisions. But they're not decisions they're going to sway me just because of the type of gamer and game interest that I have. It's just not going to pull me over to that side of the thing. Granted, it's not like I'm a big fan of Sony's business practice either. They're a big pain in the ass when it comes to um, proprietary services and cross uh, cross gaming and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't... I think that's that's... That's cool. Like, good for them. Good for Xbox fans. Um, I've never been a huge Xbox person. I, I just borrowed my Xbox, my friend's Xbox One, mm-hmm. uh, within the past couple weeks. It's definitely different than the the PS4, but I do think that it does have its perks. For example, the the Game Pass that you just mentioned. Um, I think it's really cool for anyone who has an Xbox. You know, I'm I don't believe I'll be getting the the next one, mm-hmm. the next console. Or I think I'm I'm gonna stick with PlayStation for that one, but you know I think it's very cool that NPC NPC gets these these yeah. games as well. Um, I, th- I think it's very very dope for that side of thing. Um, I just I want to know if I want to know more about the um, the Xbox Game Pass like um, what's it called the the thing that you're able to do to stream your games. Like I saw somebody. Uh. Use an Xbox controller while looking at the screen on their phone. I thought that was super dope. I think that's that's how you kind of oh, that's cool. in getting that that yeah, getting that playability thing. Yeah. Like, did you did you know about that? I did not actually until you just now mentioned it. Yeah. Let me see if I can I can pull that up. Hold on, because I think it's like a, a beta thing. Like, there's also like you can put your phone inside of like a. Um, Basically, your your phone will, will have like its own kind of controller. So, where's the where's that picture? Where's that picture I just saw earlier? But that's how you kind of get ahead of the curb on on mm-hmm. that whole thing. Xbox Game Pass phone. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the uh, stats on the two systems now. Um, Here, I'll, I'll put it in the Skype chat. It's it's looking yeah, it's looking like in terms of hardware that I I, I kind of got to admit that the the Series X is a little bit better than the um, PS5 in, in certain and certain regards. I, 
I, but at the same time, I, I, totally I think agree. it's just the library that Sony has access to is just more my style. Um, as as much as like, as much as I will cape for Sony. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, that does look really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also this thing. This is the thing I was talking about. Yeah. It's like a device made for the phone. Oh shit! Okay. That kind of looks like a switch. That'd be a, ooh. right. It looks like a switch, but you know, you play your your Xbox games on it. Damn. See, I w- sometimes every now and then, I wish there was some shit that Sony would like take. I, I wish I do kind of wish they would innovate more, because um, PSP, top to bottom, I don't care what anybody says, is one of the greatest portable consoles of all time. A thousand percent, a thousand percent agree. I was like, that was my childhood right there. Right. So, sucks that the Vita didn't carry on. I never got a Vita, but I think it had I a lot of potential. Broke, and I'm forever pissed about it. <laughs> Damn, rip Will's Vita. Yeah. RP Vita. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts on the Xbox thing? I mean, I, I give them credit where credit is due. I, I hope they're only doing time exclusive and maybe some of their own exclusive games. I hope this expands their library to make them increase their competition. I think what Xbox has to do is, I think every company kind of has their own lane to stay in. I think Xbox needs to move away from competing with Sony because I know Sony is pushing more to compete with Xbox. Nintendo is kind of of the lane of portability and family accessible games even though they have M-rated games like mostly family accessible games. Sony has console exclusives and a lot of Japanese stuff. Microsoft is the big western company so I think for them uh, what their big focus should be is on backwards compatibility, uh, access to games both new and old and also having like the best looking and running titles mm-hmm. no, so yeah I, I agree they, they, so yeah, they like, should yeah focus on their strength so like that that thing that you sent me there and just like working on ingenuity is what they should work on like all the technology and shit on that side. yeah they're, they're, they're taking it to the next level with the right. stuff they have going on yeah they, they should force the others to, to want to get on their technical level which I think to an extent they are yeah no I would I would not be surprised if we find out PlayStation has has their equivalent of this kind of thing coming in the future in the near future yeah and, uh, and cross platforming because I know Sony's not going to want to do it so if you're doing it it'll bring I want Xbox to do better so that it can force Sony to have to up their stakes in order to maintain their their base. Healthy competition makes things right. makes things fun for me as a consumer. But uh, exactly, make it fun, yeah. make it cool. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, so we can move on to I guess the the last topic is more it's more me focused <laughs> for a second. Um, <laughs> So, so you saw a movie. So I saw a movie called Antebellum, which I was excited for this year. And it's currently the worst film I've seen this year. Ooh. So yeah. Why is it why is it so bad? Um So I'm gonna I did a full initial reaction when I watched it like Sunday. And I posted it on YouTube. I did it. Like, I watched the movie. It's like an hour 45. I, like, 20 minutes later, 
I recorded it and posted it. I recorded it at like one thirty in the morning. It was earliest because I would I knew I wouldn't be able to to sleep without talking about this movie. So Antebellum, uh, without any spoilers, is a film focusing around Janelle Monae as a character named Veronica, as well as a slave named Eden. Um, and I guess the mystery is why Janelle Monae is inhabiting these two roles in these two different time periods and what the mystery is behind it and what happened to Janelle Monet as her character and why she's like jumping between modern times and slave times. So to the movie's credit, it's, um, it's shot very well. Like there's, it has a very, very strong opening sequence that just kind of, uh, I want to say if it's not a one take, it's shot like one shot and edited like one that goes through a lot of the plantation and kind of gives you a, a insight into the differences between the lifestyles of the slaves and, and the white uh, white slave masters. So it's shot very well. Costume is very well. The team that does the music is from Wonderland, which is uh, Janelle Monet's crew. Um, so it's like Roman G and Arthur and, and uh, another young man whose name I'm forgetting. So music score is good. Costume design's good, shooting is good, lighting is good. There are actually some very, very nice shots in this movie. Um, there's like a, a really nice slow motion scene at the end. There's a couple slow motion scenes. Um, my biggest... Uh, the acting is also very, very good. The problem okay. with this movie is... Uh, poor story, poor story execution, weak theme, and I would argue in my opinion, the sensationalization of black trauma. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, Also, also the editing. Um, And I don't mean that in the sense of how it's physically edited as you watch it. That's fine. I mean, narrative editing. This is probably the first time in a while I've seen a movie that where you can tell, this is the first act, this is the second act, this is the third act, almost explicitly. And it's really bad. Um, oh, God. Yeah. So, and the movie's an hour 45 minutes, so each segment is about 30, 40 minutes long. <laughs> Which, mm. I'm, I'm like, okay. The first 40 minutes is straight slavery with very little narrative context you get into so it's not gay slavery right <laughs> no no actually no gay slavery here yeah you maybe have to actually think if there is a if there is a gay sex scene uh, but no it's just it's just full on slavery you get murders you get beatings uh, you get sexual assaults brandings pains tears subservitude for 40 minutes with not a lot of context um like you get the characters and you get their names and you get like little notions and you get like, who are the slaves and who are the masters? And like you get introductions, but you don't kind of get how we got here. And then you get the mm. second act, which explains how we got here and it's not woven well. And then you get the revelation of what's going on and, it's so early when it's done and the way it's implemented, I don't think is bad. 
but the way it's done is not it's done so early and so like kind of haphazardly you're like okay so i know where the like if you if you really pay attention you can probably figure it out pretty early on um of what's going on but just like i'm sitting here watching it i'm like okay so you just loaned me abuse for 40 minutes now you're giving me backstory which you could have interwoven into the beginning because the way they um transition between it is a creative transition um and it plays a significant role into like the revelation that comes later and it's just like cool it'd be nice if you interwove more of this like it's one thing to uh show me these beatings but you're just kind of showing me these beatings and like it makes you think back and you're like oh uh, okay it's just like it's just kind of non-contextual trauma and it's like painful for the sake of being painful and my takeaway from it because it's supposed to be like a horror thriller i'm like who is this movie for because i was just about to ask you that i'm like who is this movie for i'm i'm wondering because here's my thing it's 2020 meaning you shot this probably 2019 and and you really you really thought you had something um but my thing is without any spoilers the theme of the movie is essentially that there are just some terrible awful evil people regardless of time period and there are some terrible awful bigots and racists that will walk amongst you and in a heartbeat would uh flip on you um and just be as disgusting and cruel as anyone has in the past history who is that message for because I'm like, as someone that's like in the field of like mental health and social studies and like social justice and having conversations about like capitalism and racism and homophobia and other forms of bigotry and like the impact of a, of a trauma and like generational trauma and experiences and shit like that. Um, hold on. Also, it wasn't a Bloomhouse movie. <laughs> Just getting that out of the way. Um, to, to much people's surprise, it's not a Bloomhouse production. It's a, I think it's universal actually um, but interesting okay but my thing is it it can't be for black people because whether regardless of what political side you are on you are keenly aware of the atrocities of slavery you can <laughs> you can debate you know the severity or the impact of it as much as you want but we all know historically it happened we have documentation that happened. It's quite common knowledge, uh, almost to the point of parody, that slavery happened. So it's not for black people to tell us that slavery happened and people are bad. Because if anyone knows, it's us that know. And I don't mm-hmm. see this being for white people because it's such a basic-ass message. It's like, oh, did you know there are evil white people? It's like, yeah, they know. Because banking systems exist. It's like, even if you move away from, like, racism and stuff related to Black Lives Matter, white people know there are dickhead white people, too, because there are white people that don't like white presidents. You know, the whole founding of this country was a bunch of white men that didn't like the other white people that they worked under. They're like, yo, we don't like this monarchy shit, so we're going to start a democracy. It's the whole fucking plot to Hamilton. Like... (laughs) 
And so I'm just like, so it's not for white people. So what were you trying to say? Like, I think they really thought they had a point about like the, the hidden characteristics of how oppression can manifest itself. But I'm like, you don't got to be like some major in critical race theory or feminist studies or black feminist studies or whatever, or like intersectional feminism to know that shit's bad. Like, right. like just on the news today, um, we got the news about Breonna Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I was hes- I was hesitant to bring it up or not, but just like antebellum at recent events, like talking about a woman that got shot in her home by three police officers that you know didn't get the message about a um, a bad you know a bad no knock warrant that got rep- uh, brought back in, like all the insanity around that is like. Watching it was just an exhausting experience. Um, it's it's. I, I can't recommend it to people. However, I do want people to formulate their own opinion, which makes it a very weird movie to like discuss. Because um, like part of me doesn't want to spoil the twist, but I also think it's a very very bad movie. <laughs> Which is a shame, because <laughs> it has some very talented actors in it. Like, Janelle Monet is very good. Kirsten Clemens is good for the role that she's given. And, you know, you see a story unfold with her character. And I'm like, well, what the fuck was the point of that? If you didn't want to interweave and do more with it. And that pissed me off. Um, Gabourey Sidibe, her talent is wasted in this movie. And just, like, you meet Veronica, um, Janelle Monet's character, like, proper... Uh, as she is, Veronica is the, is the modern iteration of Janelle Monáe, and she's just like, she's just the t- she's the type of black woman that white people, like Fox white people, don't like. <laughs> like she has a Fox white people. Yeah, like she's she has a PhD. She's very outspoken. She's an intersectional feminist that like the the. I guess this is a minor spoiler. She she's written a book, and the whole discussion is about the ways that uh, that like people, and more specifically people of color, kind of navigate while wearing these masks. Um, I forget what specific word she used, but like coping mechanisms that people use to cope with uh, generational trauma, and like one of the first sequences you see is her on this like Fox television type show and she just kind of goes off about it's like well when you're working under a system like this and such and such and so and so with it is like against a white heteropatriarchy I'm just like oh Jesus Christ oh my god uh, <laughs> here we go again <laughs> oh you're that type of person and here's the thing Janelle Monet is an activist and she does speak out about these issues that's fine I don't have a problem with that it's so the narrative aspects like this are so fucking heavy-handed, and it's nothing Im- new that's being said. It, mm. And it's surprised the shit out of me that this was written and directed by a white dude and a black dude. So I'm like, okay, really? so it's not even just like, oh, the white man didn't get it. No, there was a brother on this too, making this weird ass story. <laughs> so, wow, I don't know. It's like, if you want to see it. I kind of I want to hear other people's opinions on it because watching reviews was like interesting because like I saw white people that like Doug Walker and Cinema Snob they thought it was really bad on just about all the reasons I did 
um, but they like praise the same things I did. But then I saw this like non-binary person, this white non-binary person who's like, um, who was saying that like, they thought it was really, really good. And uh, I, I have to go back and finish it. I was like partway through. I'm like, okay. So I was like, I, it made me start to open up, try and open my mind more to why people like it. Um, and, and Nigga with Best Nigga was talking about how the cat is IMDB don't agree. <laughs> you got a 5.5 right. 5 out of 10. Yeah, it's it's reviews are not good. It's critical reviews are not good. And I, I, I'm looking at this from the perspective of like, you know, a straight cis black dude um, who has these conversations. I'm, especially while I'm watching Lovecraft Country and then after Watchmen, I'm after Candyman comes out I am so fucking done with black narratives having to do with racism like the reason Candyman is going to be the last one that I'm going to let slide is one I like the cast, I like the premise I think, I'm hoping Nia DaCosta does a good job since she was given Captain Marvel 2 um, so I, need, I still need to watch Little Woods, but it's about gentrification I know you don't oh. like Watchmen, Nick. <laughs> I think, yeah, I remember that in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the original was about gentrification. Now the um the it's about the new gentrification of Cabrini Greens in Chicago. Cool. I'm mm. I'm done with these narratives about related to race. Give me the weird shit. Like you know, Lovecraft Country, as we were talking about before the show, it it has its ups and downs. Um, it's a weird ass show. But it also has a lot to do with, like, racism, which I'm like, you know, it's racism, but monsters. Um, Antebellum is like... So you would like, like a weird horror story with people that happen to be black rather than, like, a black horror story. Yeah, well, you can do both and not have them be be focused... About racism. About, like, yeah, about race-related political issues. I think us does a okay it does a solid job with it about having a family that god so yeah soul plane is a nightmare in itself um but <laughs> but just like having a black family having horror happen to a black family i think i think jordan peele did both of what you just said in two different movies um get out has a lot of nuance to it as as someone who is a black man who has dated white women before there's some shit in there that black people and white people have asked me about. Um, so there's like, there's stuff to explore with that, of that being a black horror film, as opposed to us, which is a horror film with a black, you know, center cast. Even if you look at other movies, like a Snoop Dogg's movie Bones from like 2001, that's a horror movie that like, yeah, there's some things culturally related to black people, but I'll take things that are related to black culture than the trauma of the black experience because it's like he was a pimp who died and was like haunting a house and the main cast was black that it was focused like yeah. it was a horror story i never saw it I, I didn't either i saw the kill count but i'm like this is an interesting ass story You're like tales from the crypt sorry tales from the hood um, <laughs> which is like has horror stories centered around black people so like the horror happens to black people but it's not the premise of or themes or the horror the source of the horror isn't solely focused on the fact that they're black like right. Candyman like Candyman is directly tied to slavery 
we, he's he's the only one we really have. So I was like, can't can't take that away from him. But like, I'm I'm done with that. I'm tired. I'm so tired. Like as average as the photograph was, I I really like it because like woo, some regular shit. Just some regular shit. <laughs> like I've I've been watching. I remember you being really into that one. Yeah, I've been watching um girlfriends on Netflix recently, which holds up. Side note, that show holds up surprisingly well for a show that is 20 years old. It holds up. Is it 20 years old? Yes. 2000 to 2008. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. I did not realize it was that old. Um, you know, recommend, get your black sitcoms on on Netflix and Hulu and, uh, you know, we talked about this way back when it was first announced. It holds up pretty damn well. Um, there's a, like, couple things here or there. Uh, but even still, they're usually like jokes or whatever. Like there is a joke that uh, Joe Joe's tr- Jones trying to break up with the dude, and William, ironically, is his name, tells the boyfriend he's like, "Well, I just told him that you used to be a man," and this is after they have had sex. So I'm just like, I'm. <laughs> it was one of those things where like I like half laugh, but I more so paused. Not from like a modern I'm triggered, I'm offended, that's transphobic thing. I was more thinking I'm like, was bottom surgery that? good back in 2000 where you couldn't tell that something was different about the <laughs> pussy like no offense right. but like i feel like he'd be able to tell in 2000 maybe not 2020 tech but 2000 tech but like you know shout outs to uh trans and bi people happy bi visibility day anyways yeah the show holds up surprisingly well and that's just about four women like they had a Halloween episode, and I will say I got caught up for a second because there was a moment about, like, William getting arrested by some cops, and I'm like, uh, police brutality. This is hitting a little too close to home. I didn't see this one coming on, like, the chuckle show about the four the four beautiful, uh, successful women. So I'm just like, I want more different shit. Like, I, I kind of miss that heyday of black media where everything wasn't solely, like, I don't mind things that have a narrative-related to race but i don't want it to be the only thing that we're producing like, did you ever watch astronomy club or black lady sketch show i did not no never heard of them before so so astronomy club is a black sketch show on netflix that it's like it's it's com it's it's black comedy but it's like weird millennial black comedy so like shit that we mm. would laugh at like they have um they have one that I thought was really funny where it's focused around them being like D and D, but it was a superhero campaign and they were all like hood superheroes and like the villain was like a <laughs> it was like this twerk demon. And I'm like, this is shit that people would make jokes about now. There's a there's a bit um about a gingerbread house where you see the whole gingerbread family being cute and they have a pregnancy, but on the outside you zoom out and it's a bunch of kids playing with a gingerbread house, so it cuts back and forth between what's going on to the gingerbreads and then with the kids and then like oh y'all made a mess <laughs> so or like the the parodies of the actors living in a house like the real world and they like fight over a night lamp <laughs> like it's like it's shit Seems like funny. you know key and, yeah like key and peel Chappelle show shit where there was more room to branch out so i don't want the same thing to happen to the horror genre where the only thing we get is stuff even though i had an idea for a horror movie and that shit was about race <laughs> and it was about black people. <laughs> so it's just like i don't want that Damn. i don't want us to get pigeonholed like i want to see alien 
with black people, but good. So it's not Alien Covenant or Prometheus. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> we got Predator with black people. It was Predator 2. It wasn't bad. But, <laughs> like, I want to see different shit that happens to have black people in it. And just, like, black reactions to shit. Because it's just like, you know, say you got a monster movie. With, say you got fucking a kaiju movie with black people. Like a, a big ass. I want to see. I want to see some some really off the wall shit. I want to see like. Let me see Godzilla attack Chicago or Compton. <laughs> what the fuck is that gonna be like? You know, Godzilla in the hood. Yeah, like Jason goes to Oakland. Jason goes to Oakland. Let me see what that fucking. No, he ain't gonna survive. Like. You know, like show me. I want to see. I got. I got a proposition. Yeah. Let's let's see. Okay, a group of black people get transported back in time, but that back in that time travel story is also a story of them fighting ancient aliens. Oh, like aliens send them back in time or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like they it's like either they find something that sends them back in time or aliens send them back in time, and you know how they have that that show Ancient Aliens. Mm-hmm. It's like them dealing with the the changes of the times, but also being hunted by some aliens. I think that'd be really fun as long as... As long as... I and ghosts. Fuck it. Yeah. Aliens and ghosts. Bring in the ghosts. <laughs> space ghosts. Alien ghosts. Space ghosts. Alien space ghosts. Let's go. But I, I think that'd be a really fun premise to explore places that... Uh, going beyond American history, I would say. So, like... Have black people interacting with Native Americans. Oh, in, J- in, e- in Egypt. Yeah. In Egypt. Have them, have them interact with fucking Nigerians. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I just don't, <laughs> like, you know, have them see what it's like. But Jesus, no. That's another nightmare. <laughs> Medea Halloween. Um, Let's get black Scooby-Doo. Let's get that going. I mean, that's kind of what Lovecraft Country is. I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> it's about as coherent as a Scooby-Doo episode. Actually, Scooby-Doo episodes are kind of low-key more coherent than Lovecraft Country. I don't hate the show. This is oh fucking God. weird. You're really selling the show. It really makes me want to watch it. I know, right? <laughs> no, man, don't worry. <coughs> uh, a foxtail came out her pussy, and um, yeah, and a dude exploded. What? That That's not a joke. Are you fucking with me? No, I'm not. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah. Okay, now I gotta watch it. Yeah, you sold yeah, me. The, um, I'm. Yeah, like a face comes out the floor, um, a nigga sp- explodes in a room full of candles. Um, oh, uh, uh, no more spoilers. I want. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna do it. Oh no, this is just random shit that happened. <laughs> I, the, the the best way I can explain episode five is um, Rachel Dolezal's dreams come true. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yo, that the, I'll say that that fucking the baby on the the basketball head that shit fucked me up. I'm like, what the hell? Bro, what the okay? What is this okay. Shit? We we can close out the show after that. What the fuck was that? I still don't know what that was. <laughs> that was the weirdest shit. I was like, whoa. You got a bunch of, of could have gone my whole life without baby. seeing that. Remember in Pulp Fiction when he was talking about dead nigger storage? Like that's what that whole end of the episode was. Just a bunch of dead minorities <laughs> in the basement with, like, weird shit going on. It's like, oh, yeah, this baby, this baby head on Jackie Robinson's body. What kind of fucking experiments was this evil-ass man doing? <laughs> <laughs> what 
what kind of sick ass shit? Yeah. What the hell? Wild oh my god, that show's uh, weird. Yeah, but um, I think on that note, we can get out of here this week. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you at, my man? You can find me on the Instagram at the real Aaron Alexander. That's where I am. That's where you find me. It's where I live. Come say hello. And uh, I have been your host, Will, aka Will the Greatest. You can find me on social media at Will the Greatest. You can find us on our Instagram at Atlas Comics Elite. Do not forget to follow the show and uh, give it a thumbs up or five stars or wherever you rank it because, you know, we should be on all podcast platforms at this point. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your enemies. I don't care. Um, also, while he's here, I do want to say congrats to uh, our boy Nick, who hit a thousand subs on YouTube. So now he's making that that YouTube money. So good for him. Woo-hoo. I meant to give him a, a shout out on the IG page. And our uh, other boy, Luke H, starting his YouTube channel. So he's figuring out what he wants to do with his content. So yeah, congrats to the two of them. But that's going to do it for us this week. Make sure you check us out, follow us. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time. Be great to each other. Have a good one. Doses. <laughs>